0: Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new, nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onexmaps.com, or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N, NATION, followed by the number 20. <laughs> right everybody you're listening to the hunting gear podcast i'm your host dan johnson and on this episode we're going to be talking with nate grace from g5 Um, you guys have probably seen the brand g5 on all of the uh, bow shop stores uh, really popular broadhead manufacturer and this episode is about that company g5 how it was started we talk about you know company history we talk about material we talk about design and a whole bunch of different things that go into manufacturing a broadhead so without further ado let's get into this episode all right we're still at the ata show and uh we are in the g5 booth with nate grace nate how you doing man doing good thanks doing good before we uh jump into this podcast uh what's your
1: role in g5 uh, I'm one of the owners, okay. and uh, I'm official title is chief design officer. So, all uh, new products and uh, manufacturing of of those are underneath me. Okay, so
0: you get to sit down in the war room and come up with all the new designs and plans for broadhead releases and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm responsible
0: for them. They're not all my ideas. But yeah. yeah. Well, the good ones are. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of wanna. Ask a couple high-level questions uh, first because I think a broad, the broadhead market is unique to the, to the point that people are very passionate about the broadheads that they use, oh, yeah. and they are very brand loyal. Yep. And they will, you know, every year on social media, you'll see these questions come up, mechanicals versus broadheads. And if a guy doesn't agree with you, he's getting, he's getting smashed, and then another guy will come out and, oh, I don't like that, you know, whatever. Right. So what what is it
1: about a broadhead that gets people so fired up? Well, it's the business end of the arrow, right? Yeah. It's the, your first contact. Yeah. You know, with the game animal, um, so it means a lot. I mean, uh, a doesn't really matter what what bow or, or arrow. Once that that broadhead contacts that animal, it's all up to the that broadhead to do its job. Yeah. So. Uh, you have venison or you don't have venison yeah you know so i i think it it comes down to that and i think a, a lot of guys not like uh the, the guys on the shows and stuff where where they're slaying animals every week all over the over the world consistently you know a lot of us um we get a couple chances a year and that's it right. so um i think that's the reason it's people are so passionate about it you know i mean. Uh, and that's why they're always searching for that, you know, the next best thing, just the help. Because it, it is, it's the business end yeah. um, of the arrow. It's what gets the job done.
0: Yep. Right? So, I want to talk a little bit about how broadheads are designed. You know, like The first question I have for you is, is there such thing as the perfect broadhead? No. No. Okay. No. So, with that answer, how do you guys go into to... The thought process or the beginning stages
1: of creating a new broadhead. You know, we come up with a maybe a, spe- a specific problem or, or scenario. You know, like a you know whitetail hunter in the Midwest. Like, what would be the the most ideal head for them? Yeah. And it's like, well, okay. So you have some traditional guys. You have some crossbow guys, and maybe they're younger. Maybe some older. Um, vertical bow guys you know so that they all are wanting different things and so we, we kind of put this story together of of the problems that we're trying to solve and then we kind of cater our design criteria around that okay um you know if if you're a guy out west you're typically taking longer range shots um and and there's a lot more wind you know on the inside of mountains and stuff usually you know in the west or midwest you know you're in the timber a lot more right Mm -hmm. um 10 20 yard shot so the conditions are different you can get away with a huge head that could win playing you know in the midwest where you couldn't out west you know those kind of situations um all come up and kind of drive where we go and why why we do yeah
0: so i want to I want to talk about the look if you if you silhouette let's say a certain fixed blade or mechanical broadheads there's there's a chance a guy could say make the argument man they all look the same right right is that because of engineering and and science ba- like science-based research that says this angle is the best angle on how and this this sharpness is the best the way to sharpen is the best is there is there a lot of
1: engineering that goes into it Oh, absolutely. Um, I think some of it's just manufacturing, you know. I mean, there's only so many ways that you can put a cutting edge on something, so that kind of drives, you know, what maybe the blade edges or, or, uh, you know, those would look like. Um, Ferrels, you know, there's only so many different ways to make a ferrule. You're using screw machines or you could do some milling. Uh, We use a lot of metal injection molding so we can mold features, but still you're limited. So there's a lot of that. Uh, But there are... um, excuse me, Uh, design geometries and stuff that do things. uh, Like our new M3 this year Mm -hmm. is ventless. And some of the geometry in that, we designed that specifically to be quieter than our original Montec. That cutout in the blade or the window, the vent, whatever you want to call that, that back feature there was creating noise. Yeah. And so we, we worked on that geometry specifically to reduce noise. Okay. Um, so did you yeah. guys do any like sound research on, oh, yeah. on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, um, the saying in in our company is you're only as good as you can measure. Yeah. Um, so we spend a lot of time trying to figure out ways to measure things. And that was one of them obviously is how yeah. do you measure a broadhead traveling 180 miles an hour in midair? How, how do you capture that? Yeah. So we developed, uh, shooting tubes and and this whole system that we took us a few days to build and we we shot all kinds of different uh bows and arrows and setups and speeds and different broadhead shapes we machined all kinds of different things there um yeah it took a while for us to uh to come up with that yeah. specific shape
0: was the uh can you put a, a value to it was there a percentage that the noise dropped or d- are uh, we were able decibels? to reduce
1: it by three decibels okay um and there was a tonal quality that I don't know. Um, I'd have to talk to one of the en- other engineers inter- that understands sound a little better. But there's a tonal quality as well that we're able to change. Um, That's nuts. But it's, it's crazy that. But but people are that sensitive. Yes. It, it's not just a decibel loudness. it, it is also uh, a tonal thing. Uh, just like Harley, right? Yeah. I mean. It's it's not a loudness thing. It's it's a tone that they're going for,
0: right? right. And that's crazy because I, I can remember. Wait, this was a long time ago. Um, before I was shooting the broadheads that I shoot now, I you know went to the store, got them, and I shot them. You know, I shot them a couple times. Didn't even think about the noise. And then in a quiet environment, doe came out, shoo, made yep. a huge noise. She she ducked the arrow, and it was. It was over from there. So it's things that you don't think about, like the comment the end
1: user doesn't really think about that actually sounds like it plays a pretty important role. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Noise is, especially for us bow hunters that are trying to get within 30 yards or less, um, that's a a big deal. So what about angle? I mean, is angle of a blade significant? It's part of the equation for penetration, but it's not the only one. Um, yeah. And uh, Dr. Ashby um, uh, has done a lot of research and, and everything over the last uh, I don't know twenty years or so. And and usually it's his papers. Us, a few of us engineers actually read that stuff. But it, but um, it, so I guess I, I bring that up because. Uh, I agree with with a lot of what he has to say not everything but a lot of it um initially is durability i mean so you could have the best shape in the world but once that hits that rib bone if it deforms bets are all off the strength the you know the ability for it to penetrate it all goes out the window so durability is a big deal um you know the the sharpness of the blade you know the, the shape of the ferrule and all that stuff that that all matters that blade angle does too um and that's a big thing um uh at the bone collector's uh, t bone, uh, when we're working with new designs and stuff, his first question always is, well, what's that blade angle? yeah to him it's a huge, huge thing, uh, especially with the mechanicals, is making sure we're not chopping and that we're slicing yeah so so uh, it's important it's not the only thing, but right. um, I got a
0: a question about replaceable blades I'm, I'm just looking through your catalog here i see that you guys offer replaceable blades i am not a replaceable blade guy i've right. never even if they come with them i've never switched them out uh what is what is your market like that i mean do you I mean, obviously you have enough interest in it so
1: people want to buy it or you wouldn't be selling them separate right um, you're talking just a replaceable yeah. other than a fixed plate, like yeah, a like, monolithic what, fix like Whatever,
0: that. whatever. I mean, do you have enough cry out? For me, I just go buy a new pack.
1: I think generally most people do that. I mean, yeah. it's a bloody, fatty, you know, mess afterwards. And yeah. a lot of guys are just like, okay, it did its job. I'll put it in the corner or do whatever they do with it, and yeah. then they move on. I think people, a lot of people like the option. Yeah. You know, if, if they were... To run out of broadheads and they couldn't go and, and get more. Well, I have some blades I can I can replace them. But I I would generally think most people treat broadheads like uh, they're one kill kind of.
0: Yeah, one time use. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, but there are some guys that that will get and be like, man, I just shot my twentieth deer with this Montec. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's crazy. <laughs> All right. So uh,
0: every year on YouTube or instagram or whatever somebody does a broadhead comparison right right they 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 get about 50 broadheads they shoot them whatever they try to be as you know unbiased as possible right is there something about a a g5 broadhead that is i guess brag worthy or just from a a design engineering standpoint that is just it makes it an awesome broadhead in relation to those tests, well, or yeah, I mean, it, what what makes it good? Because I always yeah. see on, on these, I always see G5 perform at like uh, at the top.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from us, um, I think you know, kind of what we're known for is the durability and, and uh, reliability, and not in just the sense of, but you know, if they go from one model to the other, if they go from a striker to a montec to a yeah. dead meat. Um, um they know that the quality is there yeah. um, and that, and that the durability maybe, maybe there's a feature on there that they don't like you know or or maybe they thought would be a little different but I think most people when they when they see g5 they know they're getting a quality product um, and it's and it's gonna p- perform at that the highest level they need and you know yeah that, that most critical situation Um maybe we're not the the sharpest in one model or or the biggest cut in the other one or maybe we don't have an 85 grain model or something like that but uh i think generally people know us because of the montec really uh they could shoot that thing into a cinder block right and that and so that strength durability quality thing is is kind of been uh what we've been known for okay
0: so you guys, and like most, I'm not saying every single year, but you guys try to put out a new broadhead every single year, right? Uh, we try,
1: try, yeah. yeah, yeah. How hard is that to do? And it's extremely because we don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's our intent to do that, but um, you know, competition is is steep yeah. um, for sure, um, and we we try not to get too. It's easy to get distracted with uh, perceived problems Mm -hmm. you know um and so it's it sometimes it takes time to get refocused on trying to solve real problems that that people have um like a new problem that's shown up is because crossbow use is legal through most of the country now and speeds are you know over 450 feet now Uh, that's a new problem that broadheads didn't have to worry about 10 years ago right um and so those, those are some new problems there um that have come up some uh, barbed rules and in, in states you couldn't use certain things yep um, uh, but but now you can so there's the, some of that's changed um, but yeah it's it's tough, you know um, but nothing's perfect. Um, not a single one of our products is perfect, and so there's opportunity there to, to make it better what um, so
0: the the striker was a try to true fixed blade broadhead for a very long time. Right. I see, I think it was last year or the year before, you came out with...
1: The V2. The V2. What yeah. What drove that change? Uh, the run out. Okay. So the um, the other thing that we were known for is uh, spin tested, right? Um, uh, the Montec, you could put on an arrow as long as it's square. That's why we came with the arrow squaring device. Uh, make sure your arrow is square. You screw that broadhead on, it's going to spin. It's, it's developed into the process and the design of making that... In a way, we, we almost can't develop a, a Montech that, or ship a Montech that's sharpened without it spinning true. The Striker had, uh, and that's 100%, uh, not 100%, but 99 point whatever percent, every Montech is within 10,000ths or better. Right. The Striker, every once in a while, would just tolerance stack up because it's multiple pieces. Uh, we'd get a couple that would run out 12,000ths or 11,000ths, or and that's just not okay. Um, and so we, we um, that was really just, we have to solve that. Because the spinning the head, you know, it looks good. You know, a lot of guys do that with their hand on a table, and it looks good. But that's a really big deal for for accuracy. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's why there's fletching that, in a spin to that arrow. Spinning that head um, is, a, is a huge part of accuracy. So we wanted to make a more accurate head, and uh, that's okay. what drove that. And right. then as far as the speed
0: goes and crosses, is that just more of a problem on your mechanical end?
1: Yeah, and specifically because we have a rearward sliding, because yep. it wants to open uh, the the scissor ones are uh, style, the old um, uh, over the top kind of uh, blades they don't want to open, they want to stay close, so they don't have that issue um, but they take a lot of energy to open right. and they deflect, so um, for us it's it's a it's a more of a unique challenge than maybe some other designs, um, but once our head gets to the target, we outperform the other ones hands down. So, okay. um, so obviously, you customers are very vocal
0: at times. How do you how do you uh, turn customer feedback into
1: innovation and potential change? Uh, it, a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the V two was part of that. You know, some guys were like, "Man, I just I'm a little bit more accurate." You know, past sixty yards with the Montec versus the Striker, there should be no reason, geometry wise. It's just we know there was a run out, so if we could do that, we we could push that. Um, uh, we get feedback from all over. I mean, it, I think anybody these days. Uh, you know with youtube and with the internet and everything you you can see that there's a ton of smart people out there doing a yeah. lot of creative stuff that are just as passionate and just putting as much work as in you so um, to think that we only have the great ideas in G5 yeah. is is naive and foolish so um, we'll take any great idea we can get from anywhere <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Do you do you test your broadhead side by side with other brands?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah constantly, yeah right. we have big tubs of competitors, yes. broadheads, and what happens absolutely. what happens or bows
0: when, and what happens when a competitor beats you in one of those tests? What do you do?
1: You get humbled really quick and <laughs> then you get motivated and a little pissed off to to work harder and beat them. you know I mean there's a lot of smart people, a lot of capable people um, and so you just you have to be honest if you really want to uh, innovate and, yeah. and get better so yeah.
0: All right, so if there is a guy out there who's listening to this, and maybe he's not shooting a G5 or he's starting to shop for a new broadhead, why should he consider G5?
1: Uh, there's a, um, how to boil that down? I mean, we are the, we are, we're the we're the quality leader. I mean, we're as. Uh, uh, a family business um that's been manufacturing um longer than anybody and i think that's part of the quality that you get out of g5 um year in year out model after model um i think even some of the heads that we did in our first year in 2000 um are still better quality than than some of our competitors so with with us you're gonna get quality you're gonna get reliability in a company that um is gonna be around um and uh uh, a company that uh, really strives to solve real problems um, to make archers more successful. I mean, uh, the first broadhead we ever developed, we, we, my dad and I developed for ourselves, um, so we could get a head to go through a shoulder and stay and not lose that animal. You know, I was a little kid. You know, twelve. I was smaller than most kids, so I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't push. I didn't have the kinetic energy to get through. So I wounded uh, quite a few deer to be, to begin with because I just go to that shoulder and I couldn't get through um, so that that's what drives us is to make ourselves better as hunters um, um, and I think that comes through with the designs and the, uh, uh, the product that you see and there you have it ladies and gentlemen
0: huge shout out to nate for taking time out of his day to hop on the episode i know the ata is crazy uh so i appreciate everybody who took time to interview uh with us and uh really that's it man if you want to see a product discussed or a category discussed or a topic discussed relating to gear on the hunting gear podcast feel free to reach out to myself uh on uh instagram or facebook nine finger chronicles or bob at hybrid outdoors send us a dm give us some ideas and we will definitely put it on the queue and we'll definitely talk about it other than that stay safe out there wash your hands and we'll talk to you next time